Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. This show is brought to you by Hyundai. Hyundai Tucson, everyone. Every inch of the all-new Tucson has been completely reimagined, resulting in an SUV loaded with innovation inside and out. Go to Hyundai.com and find out all the info. So in the first half, we'll take some calls. There'll be some uh, cross-chat. I have some thoughts about uh, old people driving. Never been touched on before by a comedian. First, I'll tell you about Geico. Do you own, do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other, right? Then you got your automotive policy. So you take your automotive policy and you combine it with your homeowners or your renter's insurance to create this super policy. It's a bundle at Geico. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could be saving when you get your bundle working at Geico. That is Geico.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast, the most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight, this is not your average podcast, T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy, it's pretty much an in-your-face conversation, that's the good thing about us, we don't do interviews, we do conversations, all of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill, we drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week, as long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas. With Gina Grant on news and Bald Brian on sound effects, and now, Mr. Permanent Dweller, Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate to get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you, right, Gina Grab? That's all right. And Ball Brian. Stop masturbating. Well, now we can find uh, you may already be a winner by the great John Hyatt, who's uh, going to be zooming in today. Did you check out that album? Uh, his new album. Yeah. I have not heard it yet. You're going to love it. Oh, I listened really? to the whole thing this morning. Oh, great. Nice work. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, that uh, that line that uh, probably only Lynch would know 
which is uh, You May Already Be a Winner, which is um, was one of those John Hyde songs that I didn't really appreciate until a little bit later. I always like a little humor. Mm-hmm. I like a little self deprecating humor in my songs i like uh you know like Vaughn zevon would write those kind of songs sure. i mean it's probably part of the problem i always have with the dj Khaled is like screaming we're the best right. all the time yeah. i i i i don't like that in an artist yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't i don't like it in a stand-up yeah. you know what i mean like you don't I, like it in a friend I don't like it on a plane or on a train. In a house with a mouse. Yeah, I just it's it's like it's like imagine if a stand up was just talking about how grandiose and great he was all the time. But um this is so John writes these kind of love songs that are kinda of anti love mm-hmm. songs. Most ones are just I love you so right. much and that's what I love about you. But this is a this is a song about a kind of a loser couple that doesn't have anything going for itself materially, but at the end we'll we'll find out that they're in love, which is really the most important thing. Um, and this is where that line comes in in a second. But yesterday this letter came Mr. and Mrs. Permanent Dweller You may already be So they get this junk mail for the lottery and uh, our publisher's clearinghouse or something and now they're going with it. Lucky us. We're we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna be winners. This is Lynch's favorite Hyatt song. Oh, it is? Yeah, he wrote after, when he sent me the intro joke, he says, Adam might give me shit because it's a song lyric, or it might prompt him to play my favorite Hyatt song. Mm. He may already be a winner. Mm. Why can't it be both? And I mean, this, I was listening to this when I was living in my dad's garage when I was like 19 and everyone else was listening to Van Halen and shit that would have got him laid. <laughs> Ten speed blender. They're gonna You're they're gonna get an El Dorado. They're gonna get a ten speed blender. They're gonna get all these exotic items. You're a crowded bar talking up a young girl. They'll see it's funny because uh, yeah. Anyway, where's your friend Ray? <laughs> yeah. So now they're gonna talk about how crappy their life is. What year did this song come out? 85? 84? Good music is that way, though. Like, good art. You don't really know when it came out. I have no clue when this song came out. It's very anti-Janet Jackson. Yes. Yes. And Paul Abdul. Mm -hmm. But there's this love. Yeah, it's a good it's a good theme. Like you already are a winner because we're together, you know. You know, it has it runs parallel to the to escape the Pina Colada song. Ooh, in its oh. in its irony. You already have all you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
What year was this? 84? Spring the Family? Riding with the King? Maybe Riding with the King. Either riding way. with the King. Um, that was, I don't know, early 80s. Uh, also, then, just to set the table for uh, John Hyde, who will join us in a bit, um, told you guys he did form another group, kind of a super group, called Little Village, and that's with uh, Hyatt and Ry Cooter and Nick Lowe and Jim Keltner, who's always the session drummer du jour mm. guy. And they had a song on, I think, an album called Little Head. Probably would have been... Late nineties, little no, it's it's called Little Village. Little Village. Oh, sorry. That the I think there's a song called Little Head on there. The album is called Little Village. Um, late nineties called uh, Don't Think About Her When You're Trying to Drive, <laughs> and uh, it was just a. It's another really sweet, sad song about. Uh, I guess it's about like a long haul trucker who's just thinking about his his wife or his girlfriend and john singing yeah this johnson driving down that long some road tonight or beating off in the cab of your uncle's <laughs> rick right. clearly about great songs you can apply it to a number of situations shining in the dash driving out of night Driver back and forth across your mind. Tires squeal as the wheels spin faster. Love's gone for good this time. Don't think about her. Hey, Chris. Yeah, not all songs are finger popping. Sometimes people want to just put their arm around somebody and enjoy some music. They're tear-jerking. Mm-hmm. Good to know that there are other options. Mm-hmm. He's quite the poet. Yeah, smart lyrics, fun. I, I guess I like funny, smart, when I was, you know, working construction or digging ditches or whatever, I always gravitated toward it. Our heart in your condition Shouldn't be out on that road And again, this could be off his new album. I would have no idea what year this song came out. Would have been, yeah, would have been late 90s. Lost moment. I, mean, I know perfect. it should be. Yeah. Just don't you think about her when you're trying to drive. You make oh, 92, early 90s. You'd hear her say, yeah. Hello, who's there? Is it somebody playing? You won't be able to utter a word. She's better 
Yeah, not an early 90s sound. <laughs> All right. Very different from Color Me Bad, now that you mention it. Hit <laughs> Ry Cooter on that slide. Yeah. Ry Cooter, good name for TV. No. I know. <laughs> Very droll. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of driving, I don't know if you guys uh, feel this way, but I give uh, very specific instructions to people, mm. and uh, my life is sort of a – the metaphor is you're in a huddle, and you're playing a little four-on-four football down at the park, and you say, uh, Bob, split out to the right – I'm going to quarterback, I'm going to roll to the left, and you go from the right side, drag across the field, and I'll hit you in the pylon left side of the end zone. And you go, okay, break, snap the ball, you roll to the left, and you see Bob just running down the field with his back to you the whole time. And then uh, when they come back to huddle, you go, what the fuck, Bob? And they go, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's uh, kind of how life works. So... I had my mom and my stepdad run a uh, post, running a post, <laughs> running nine pattern. Well, he was going to run the pick, and then she was going to understood. Right, yeah, the double move, the double move. <laughs> and uh, I told him to come by and uh, come by Malibu and uh, come pay a visit yesterday. And uh, I knew I know my mom has a little trouble getting in and out of the car, and she's getting old and everything like that. And uh, the driveway's got a little bit of a steep rake on it, and I say in a text, park on the street in front of my driveway mm. because it's not as steep sure. and you can get in and out of the car. And I, I put my car in the driveway and I say, park on the street in front of my driveway. And then I see them pull up into my neighbor's driveway. Sure. sure. They're starting to get out of the car per- in the neighbor's driveway. <laughs> and then I get out and I, you got to run down now and like go, no, no, no. And I go, no, no, park in front of the driveway. And they go, okay. And he starts heading up the street to park up the street. And I go, um, let me check my text because I have to do that all the time. Like, what did I say that was so uh, confusing? No, just park in front of the driveway on the street. What is that with people and why is almost everyone that way? Like the amount of times... Anyone who has, if you're lucky enough to have a driveway that, like, well, if you go straight, you'll go to the garage. But if you go to the left, you'll go to the front door. Right. Um, you'll go pull up the driveway and turn to the left, go to the front. You'll see them just going right, right to the back. And then they're knocking on some weird non-door. The other thing, too, is... Houses have a pretty clear defined front door. Well, yes. unless you grew up in it. Right. That's true. That's actually. true. And then we have two. But it's rare that they're trying to confuse you. you know, I know. They're laid out fairly intuitively. But especially right. for the elder folk, but this could go for anyone. For some reason, there are people that when they're in a new environment out of context, they're, they just short circuit. Mm-hmm. Like next time, they'll figure it out. This time, it was just like up is down. Who knows what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they've never been there before, so they just, they just fry. I guess that's it. Speaking of cars, I passed a gas station on the west west side. Gallon of gas started with a five. Yeah, it was a five dollars. Pretty, pretty typical for a gallon Shit. of goddamn gas. I thought we were at like four nineteen. No, well, in my part of town, if you find like a four fifty nine, you're doing pretty good. Oh, you're doing yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Oh, good I mean, thing I live in the. 
deepest recesses of the valley. <laughs> it is get gas out there. It is a there is a little rich man, poor man in the, you know, if you're if you're in a place where gas is five bucks a gallon. You either live there or now you're sleeping in a tent across the street in a park. That's but very true. It is is very rich man, poor man, not a middle class thing. Mm-mm. All right. Was, yes. Remember when we used to do the sort of a residency, a once a week show at the uh, Universal Studios or wherever it was? Or the, mm-hmm. the John Lovitz? The mm-hmm. John Lovitz, yeah, theater. Uh, no thought on that later. Okay. Um, that was hell for me because I had to drive however it was 4 p.m. from the west side to, to Universal City, which for people outside the area, it's not a pleasant drive. Mm-hmm. Not a pleasant At any drive. time of day. Uh, and then this uh, live show we had oh. was three minutes door to door. 7.06, <laughs> out my door. 7.09, opening the door to, to jam the van. We should make that our residence. He has literally never stopped talking about it. <laughs> it's the best day of my life. And I got to say, it was, I mean, you wouldn't know because you've been doing it, but for Brian and I, it was so much goddamn fun to be back doing a live show. I can't even time. tell you. Mm. That was so fun. Oh, right. Yeah, because you guys haven't it's been, it's been a over long a year time. Since, you've been I, on stage? since yeah. last with Paul Bryant, I've been on a stage. Right. I mean, it's not an Ace Hotel. To it nobody. was awesome. Oh, good. Well, you guys were great. It was a great night. Thank you. And um, actually, Woody was great from the Woody show. Oh, man. And He's- I. Th- He's quickly becoming an L.A. legend. I think uh, Max Pat, I haven't heard it. Max Pat grabbed a couple minutes of his show today dutifully. By God, that's producing, man. <laughs> I have he's, to listen. He's well, at the top mm-hmm. of his game here in L.A. Yeah, so we'll play a little clip of that. I recorded the uh, Adam Carolla podcast over the weekend, there and it, it was good. Yeah, It was good. Everybody on, that, uh, on his team are really cool. Like Dawson's a, a really cool here? guy, and uh, what's that? Is it a big team, or is it no. like just kind of no. stripped down? You got Gina Grad, oh, yeah. super cool. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot. She's fun. Maybe if you ever mm-hmm. end up like quitting or dying, like or, uh, giving us a bad attitude, yeah. yeah, I think like Gina Grad would fit in perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, she's really cool. I think you'd like her a lot. Okay, that's good. Yeah, she's super cool. And then uh, Brian, yes! who they call Bald Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they got Dawson, who's like the voiceover guy. If you ever listen to the podcast, right. he's got a really cool voice. Yeah. And now that you know, ever since you know he's, been, I, I hear his voice everywhere. They were very cool. Adam is um, an interesting guy. He's super talented, super funny. He's so great, and so quick in the moment. Mm. Uh, they do this whole bit where you know people at the audience and the audience they'll write a uh, like just a single word on a ping pong ball and they'll put it in a hopper. And then uh, one of my jobs was the guest was to, you know, get the ping pong ball, read the word. And then Adam would just go on like a rant. And there could be some back and forth or whatever, which I participated in. But uh, it was it was so crazy to see just where his mind went. It's like a rap battle. On, yeah, a word. Know, yeah. yeah, it was just a word. That's so That's awesome. fun. Yeah, That's cool. so it was cool. They played a game, which I wish we would have thought of. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game. Uh, I love that game. Yeah, have you heard them play that? So they, basically they say like, uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? You know, okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. whatever he played, like the uh, the slow kid, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the mentally challenged. What's the what's the right word? What's right. the yeah. Yeah. Word you play the retarded kid? You can't say retarded <laughs> anymore, especially no. able. Even though that would be the yeah. appropriate word, clinically. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, then the game is you got to guess what the critics said. Mm. Was it fresh? Was it a, a splat? Uh-huh. And then what was the score? Okay. And then uh, you just add up the number of points between the big non-shit and sanctioned win for Gina Grant and whoever uh, has the lowest number at that point yeah. at the end of the game wins. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's today's podcast for Adam Carolla. So if right. you want to hear 
the podcast that I did with them. And it's like, it's a good hour and a half long. I'll check it out. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of smack talking, and uh, it was cool. A lot of uh, Woody Show listeners were out there. There was a, a couple from Kansas City that flew out. Oh, jeez. Do you know that? Nice. Just to go I to know the that. Yeah, they, they came yeah. up after They're the not show. my fan. <laughs> and for his birthday, his wife, um, well, they were going to go to Chicago to see Adam there, but then once they heard that uh, I was going to be the guest oh, on hello. this particular, they decided to uh, audible it and come to this taping instead. So cool. it, was pretty, it was pretty cool. It was it was pretty cool. Woody should play so, th- this to, clip. Uh, of thanks to Adam's crew and show on there. his show, and that was a lot like of fun. Yeah. Check that out. Universal Universal Earth. Earth. Right. <laughs> Black hole. All right. Well, thanks to uh, Woody for uh, coming out and doing a great Definitely. job. Uh, we have a uh, Max Bavis tell me about uh, an NFL coach, Eugene Chung, who oh, yeah. uh, was, NFL coach. Or He's an potential assistant. NFL assistant coach. coach. And he yeah. was, yeah, told some interesting information. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. Max, I wasn't aware of the story, but um, breaking. And uh, Max Pata keeps his eyes on all things Asian. Well, yeah. I, agree with what he was I told. thought you were going to say trending, but. I, I have a Google alert. <laughs> I, uh, Asian. <laughs> when you said Chung, it made me think, uh, God, I used to play football with this guy in high school. It was a Korean guy. I think his name was Chung Wah. I told you. Chung Wah was the biggest. He used to like break stuff with his hands and karate chop stuff in half. He was crazy. He 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 was Korean. He didn't speak much English at all, and um, he was so big. How big was he? He was so <laughs> thick. He was so stocky. Chung Wah. God, if you can find a picture of North Hollywood High, Chung Wah. Um, in the eleventh, I was in the eleventh when he was a senior, but um, he was so big and knew nothing of football. He was just so goddamn big yeah. that uh, they pulled him out of the hall and shoved him onto the football field. He wore Brian's going to understand this old style. You know, this is seventies, eighties uh, high school football. He wore thigh pads in his socks as shin guards. That's badass. That is, that's big is that man. how big he is? That's Paul Bunyan. That's, that's how big his calves and Jesus. shins were that he slid these thigh pads, which are big ass pads, down his uh, socks. But anyway. A Korean guy? Chung yeah. Wow. And he couldn't speak English very well. And the coach would be like lining everyone up and go, all right, we're going to do some one-on-one hitting drills. And uh, the coach would be like, all right, just a half speed. Here we go. Half speed. And he did the whistle. And Chung Wah did not understand the half speed side of this thing when I was lining up in front of him, as I as I recall. Um, but anyway, the, the story, Max Zapata, with uh, Eugene Chung, yeah, so he he's uh he was an assistant coach. Last team he coached for was the Eagles, but he he uh, he had an interview for an NFL coaching position during the off season, and uh, and what they told him was uh, you're not you're really not a minority, mm. and you know he has ten years of coaching experience, and he's like, wait, last time I checked, I looked in the mirror, brushed my teeth, I was a minority, and uh, so what do you mean I'm not a minority? And the interview responded, quote. You are not the right minority we're looking for. Mm. And, uh, and then so Eugene goes to the Boston Globe, tells his story and says, well, that's when I realized what the narrative was. And I asked about it. And as soon as the backtracking started, I was like, oh, no, no, no. You said it. Now it's out there. Let's talk about it. And it was absolutely mind blowing to me that in 2021, something like that is actually a narrative. Well, hmm. I've been talking about this for a while. Asians are an actual 
minority as the as the definition of minority is. I mean, Los Angeles is probably half Latino, right. but it's probably seven percent right. Asian. So if you really and you know maybe nationally thirteen percent black, but nationally maybe seven or eight percent Asian. Right. So they're technically a minority. But how about at UCLA? Right. And, <laughs> and, right. and they're, doing, they're doing well. They're doing better than white people. And they kind of fuck up the whole theme because there was that thing I sent you or somebody sent me a while back, which is they were doing this thing of like, you know, Hispanic women make this much and black women make this much and white women make this much. And then they're like, white men make $100,000 a year and Asian women make $99,000 a year. And it's like, well, what about Asian men? As long as we're right. doing this, and that's not going to make the list because it fucks up their narrative, right. which is Asians are doing better than uh, the Blue Eyed Devil is. But uh, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting eye to thread, which is you keep talking about minorities, but not all minorities, right. and then many are doing many are doing better, and I would like. As I was thinking back on me not being hired to be an L.A. County fire to fire uh, fireman, really should just be based on socioeconomic. I, I don't think we're we're I don't think we're doing it right by simply factoring in everyone's heritage. Yeah, poor right. transcends race. And, it and, should. Yeah, gender and everything. Yes, and uh, so there may be more poor blacks than there are poor whites. Right. So maybe there are more positions but um yeah i would say uh the uh the uh graph we're looking at is black women's <laughs> annual earnings versus other races yeah there's something glaringly missing from this bar graph there's uh white men are 90 or uh, 55 they the, the standard the 100%. right they, they are, they're the 100 percent at 55 thousand bucks annually average year and then asian women are 53 nine i mean boy that's within a margin of error right there. Right. Like they're right up there at ninety seven percent. Right. And then uh, white women are at forty four, a little high for my taste. Mm. Uh thousand bucks. And you get to black women Let's work on that. Thirty six. And also then you go down to Hispanic at thirty two. Also, why uh, not a little more attention toward the Hispanic if they're gonna be they're at, last. The, at the yeah. lowest. The yeah. But uh anyway, th- this is our new world order. Um it, minorities are minorities but well you know your tribe uh the jews there gina aren't really minorities in yeah. the eyes of this new world order less we're living than two percent of the population and i was actually going to tease the news because that is going to come into play big time with some uh major uh violent attacks that aren't really getting covered oh, yeah. oh right yeah it's it's, it's on man oh, i was thinking oh. yeah i was thinking no, i just i just was thinking about it like if i was a jew and I lived in New York or L.A., and I left the house frequently or just was a full-time wearer of a yarmulke. Mm-hmm. I think I would leave it uh, in the entry hall. You know, and yeah. I thought, ooh, that's a bad sign. Yes. If you're talking about leaving the house with this thing that would signal sure. to yes, the populace sure. that you were of a certain faith to leave it at home. Yes. Um, I have friends who are Orthodox and this is the, I have friends who are Orthodox who don't know each other. And I've heard the same thing from both. One was talking about himself. One was talking about their little son that because they're Orthodox, they can't leave the yarmulke at home, but now they wear baseball hats to cover it. So no one can see it. Yeah. 
sad. Yeah. Um, all right. And yes, go ahead, Brian. I'll ask a related question. I want to put you on the spot, but I was thinking about this. Are you following? I don't follow baseball nearly as close as I used to, but there's this guy named, uh, speaking of Asians, uh, Shohei Otani. Are you, are you following what he's doing? Of the Angels? Angels, yeah. No idea. No, uh, yeah, he's pitching and hitting. He two way Shohei. So, Gina, this is very rare. Not since the days of. Babe, I don't think he wants that as the. Uh, no, that not well. I mean, okay. considering what he's doing, not since the days of Babe Ruth. We're talking like a hundred years. Mm. Has like someone like been like a pitcher and a position player? Usually wow. one or the other. And Shohei is like, I wouldn't say he's dominating, but he is playing at a high level as a pitcher and a hitter. It's amazing. It's say amazing. he's so fast he can hit his own pitches. <laughs> it's very Bugs Bunny. Yeah, very uh, interesting. I love those stories in, in baseball when they when they crop up now and again. Yeah. I always I, I miss the Deion Sanders playing both ways kind of kind of thing. I, I love that. I love that yeah. kind of shit. Now, speaking of the, what I meant, but put you on the spot is I was thinking made me think he's a Japanese uh, national. He's from Japan. Who is and Jenny, you can weigh in on this if you have sure. thoughts. Who do you think is the best? American Asian athlete, not Yao Ming, not Ichiro, you know what I mean? Uh, talking like an American Asian. Uh, it could be any sport. I was thinking, I'll, I'll just throw it out there, maybe a Michelle Kwan or like a Christy Yamaguchi. I was just going to say Christy Yamaguchi. But like in Can't terms of, of team else. sports, you got to dig pretty deep. Yeah. Um, I guess Chung, Eugene Chung, Max Bad was saying, was like only the third Asian player in the uh, maybe NFL history. Yeah, the yeah. first one that was drafted in the first round. You want to yeah. go with Tiger Woods on this one? I don't count Tiger no, Woods. Okay. No, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, He's the, not the, the right kind of minority for you, Brian. Who's the dude who uh, won the French Open in the 90s? Ch- uh, Chang? Michael I Chang? No yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm digging a little bit deep. but Jeremy Lin? Again, we're digging pretty deep yeah. for Jeremy yeah. Lin to run up there. i got to go Yamaguchi or Kwan. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm with you. I've competed head-to-head against <laughs> Yamaguchi, <laughs> so I understand what a fierce competitor she is. Yeah. Um, all right. We got some calls up there. Um, I'll get into that uh, math article later, Dawson. Something else I wanted to get into as well. I got some calls ahead. First, I'll tell you about uh, Hyundai Tucson. Ah, that's right. The all-new Hyundai Tucson. They question everything to create the best Tucson ever. Every inch of the Tucson's been completely reimagined, resulting in an SUV loaded with innovations inside and out. Told you I spent quite a bit of time inside of one of these things, and I was blown away at just how much SUV. Well, actually, I thought it was just really nice, and then I asked what the sticker price was, and I couldn't believe how inexpensive it was. It's got a digital key, allows you to use your phone as a spare key, user profiles, and also it has a uh, 10 and a quarter inch full-touch infotainment screen, LED daytime running lights, stylishly hidden in the front grille. If you're looking for an SUV, look no further than the Hyundai Tucson, and you can learn more at Hyundai.com. That's Hyundai.com. All right, we got your calls. We got uh, John and company waiting, and we'll get to all that after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save. 
at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Corolla Drinks fans, get ready. Las Vegas is open. Join Lynette and the gang at the X-Pot at the Venetian, May 29th from 5 to 7, for your first taste of 818 Rye. That's right. Corolla Drinks is pouring 818 Rye for everyone who stops by. May 29th, 5 p.m. We'll see you in Las Vegas. And now, a totally innocuous word that sounds dirty when Mike Dawson says it. Video. Ew. Let's get back to the Adam Carolla Show. All right, we got some questions up there. We'll just uh, start at the top and make our way down. Kyle, 38, Arizona. Kyle. Ace man. Hi, guy. Hi, guy. Hey, uh, I was just listening to some older, a uh, couple of weeks ago episodes anyway, and you guys were talking about doing auto rotations in a helicopter. Mm-hmm, yes. And that's what I do for a living, so I thought I'd call and give you the kind of the skinny because you were kind of asking how it actually works you go up and you shut your engine off right that's smart yeah well you just roll down to idle and you 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 take all the pitch out of the blades so that they're not making lift anymore right so you can adjust the the blades so they're facing vertically i guess or not creating a lift and then as you, because the way helicopters make lift is essentially they're blowing air down right so when you do that you're not doing you're not creating any pressure underneath the aircraft anymore. Mm-hmm. And as it starts falling out of the sky, the air is now moving upwards through the blades backwards. And that keeps the blades turning. So if your engine dies, you have all that rotation, like all that uh, rotational inertia. And that's what keeps them spinning. So you, when you do that, the air moving up keeps the blades spinning mm-hmm. at the RPM you need. And then, now you have all that stored energy, so as you get down to the ground, then you start pulling pitch back in and create that high-pressure zone underneath you again, and that gives you basically the big air cushion to land on. What happens to the helicopter itself? Because you don't have the stabilizer blade going in the back. Are you rotating around? No, so those are mechanically linked. So your, your tail oh. rotor and your main rotor are mechanically linked. So they're turning, too. Correct. Yeah. So, so you're standing pretty hard on whichever pedal you need, depending on the ro- which direction they rotate. Like for ours in Eurocopters, they're left pedal. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't and, go uh, down whirly bird. Right. Sorry. It doesn't go down like a whirly bird all over you, the place. Do you have to drop for a several hundred feet or something to get the airspeed passing through it, it before you start putting some trim into it? Yeah, so it depends on your air density, the weight of the helicopter, uh, you know, your your actual all-up weight, um, things like that. But, yeah, you if you're at – because theoretically it happens when everything's going well. So you're already at your rotor speed you need. So mm-hmm. if all of a sudden the engine dies, you're just trying to maintain that rotor speed and not bleed. You're trying to bleed off as little as possible to keep all – because once you flare that thing, depending on the type of rotor system, how many blades it has, how heavy it is and all that – Sometimes you only get one shot. So if you right. pull too early or you run out of rotor speed, you fall and everyone dies. You're that nerd. So you <laughs> you can go up in a helicopter. You can be 3,000 feet above the ground and pull the spark plug wires on the engine or the jet or whatever, run out of fuel, whatever it is, 
and come straight down and safely land as long as you time that correctly. Correct. As long as you, because you'll roll that collective stick, which moves all all your blades in sequence or in uh, in unison. You'll mm-hmm. roll, roll that while watching a tack that's telling you what your rotor speed is, mm. and you just feather that to maintain the rotor speed where you need it for a safe landing. And then once you get down, then you can load it as hard as you want. It's going to slow it down a bunch, but in the process, it's going to give you that. You know, it's going to arrest the ascent, basically, is you're, how we say it. You're a uh, aviation mechanic, correct? Started. It was. It strikes me when I'm looking at your call, and you know, Ford F-150's got a big electric truck now, and everyone's going to get an electric vehicle. What are mechanics going to do? I know yeah. those cars take some maintenance, <laughs> yeah. but not like they used to. I mean, they're going to they're have to become electricians, I guess. Yeah, every every. Uh, Thanks, Kyle. When I was growing up out here in the San, San Fernando Valley, every third place had a corner that had a radiator flush place oh, on sure. it, had a brake place yep. on it. Still, you have to do brakes, I guess, oh, but not as much. But had uh, you know lubes and tunes, and that's all gone now. I was about to ask, like, so these electric vehicles or electric whatever have a battery that powers all all the all the same mechanisms, right? You still have to work on the drive shaft or the transmission or whatever, right? Or the no, wheels, no, no, because um, you know, there's no pistons, sure. there's no head. There's that's no, all the engine. I'm talking about right. That's well, all the engine, right? But there's no uh, there's no radiator like cooling sure, I stuff, and. I don't know if there's a transmission in a lot of these. A lot yeah. of it is like direct. Oh, there's no the, gears to no the train? wheel. I don't. I do not know. Oh. Well, we can figure out if a no. Tesla has I have uh, no transmission idea. gears yeah. and or I don't think they have like drive shafts and gears and no stuff shit. like that. Um, I didn't know. I have no some idea. might and others don't. But I think the future is going to be none of that stuff. Wow. It's all weight. If they can get rid of it, they'll they'll get rid of it. Yes, Max. Yeah, so they have a, Teslas have a single speed transmission of sorts that doesn't have gears, as opposed to traditional motor motor vehicles with multiple gears and speeds. They're they're connected or they're connected by an engine crankshaft. So they call it a transmission in quotes, but it's just one single speed. Well, but to your point, you're going to become a specialist. There's you know something, I mean? yeah. There's something to work on, just not, not what that. there used yeah. to be. Right. I mean, my best friend's dad had a transmission shop. You know, that was yeah. that's that was his uh, living. That's how they that's how they did it back then. All right, let's see. A solution for me getting on. Vince has a solution me some juice. for getting on uh, planes and uh, having bad meals. Now, ooh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see what it is. See what his solution is. Vince, thirty-eight, Utah. Yes, sir. Ace man, get it on. Yeah. Last time I flew first class, I got gummy bears <laughs> and a little packet of Oreos that had two Oreos in it, and like some weird uh, generic jerky stick. Like it yeah. was golden yeah. jerky. It, it was. It was. It was. It was something that you would hand out to detainees at sure. Guantanamo, yeah. like when they were being processed. It's kindergarten <laughs> snack. Gummy and if they served it once you were processed at Guantanamo and just became a prisoner in Guantanamo, if they served that every night for dinner. That place would be on fire. It'd be a war no. crime. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a box of carbohydrates, and you uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head in that a lot of these airlines now they kind of always never wanted to do a lot of food, and they're using this sort of as a, one of those reasons to. 
to curb that. And um, I wanted to introduce you to a, uh, a service. It's called At Your Gate. And, um, you know, to be fully upfront, I, I work for the company. I'm, a, I'm an executive with them. But we are essentially Uber Eats inside the airport. No free plugs, Nick. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. <laughs> so, we, so you can use our app, At Your Gate. And so we're, we're in, like, I think 12 to 13 airports now. We're growing like crazy because everybody wants to be able to use our service. You launch the app. When you're at LAX or JFK or Denver, Minneapolis, uh, Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, basically go through all the restaurants that are in the airport. You build your order just like you're used to doing with, uh, you know, uh, an Uber Eats app or a DoorDash, and then one of our fully staffed uh, brand ambassadors will go pick that food up and hand it to you as you board your plane. Wow. You got all the buzzwords, Nick. <laughs> so you literally just have people, I mean, quite literally, sort of wandering around or like standing by in the airport. Um, how do they get past security and stuff to bring people their food? They're like probably coded as a food worker, right? Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So we have um, we have a, a specific type of badging. It's called mm-hmm. side of badging. So, you know, the kind of difference that you see between Uber Eats, uh, they're, you know, 1099 employees. All of our employees in the airport are W-2 because they have to have a full 10-year life, you know, uh, living and work background check, um, fingerprint status. So that's what allows them to freely go in and out of TSA. Wow. So a, a big, uh, and a big thing um, that you'll see is, uh, people ordering from other terminals, so they don't have access to even get over to another type of food that they may want. So they, we, Nick, we we can go interterminal. Nick, do they have? Uh, uh, do your employees have like golf carts? So I mean, that's a long way to go if you want Chick Fil A and it's over in Terminal Eight, for example. So in some airports, we um, actually have these semi-autonomous robots <laughs> that are pretty freaking cool oh, that will guess. follow our brand ambassador. <laughs> so. Let's say there's a, wow. a large delay and we have to have like 20 meals delivered at once. We can have um, the robots assist in carrying all that. Um, and it's a pretty cool thing to see in the airport. Yeah, um, until that Chinese satellite weaponizes the robots <laughs> right. inside of JFK. And there's only one man, Bruce Willis, is the only, he's, a, he's an old mechanic. That's right. Working Order on biplanes, wrenching on a biplane. <laughs> Never trusted those robots. Oh, I don't wow. like this at all. I'm looking this is at the like picture. BB 8. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. How does this work with the uh, latest FAA thing where they want to weigh everyone before they get on the plane? Oh, yeah. Not good. (laughs) Also, what's your time guarantee? You know, some people got to get on that plane. Sure. It's it's, uh, 25 to 30 minutes generally, uh, especially if we're in the same terminal as the food is coming from mm. and um yeah so it's it's pretty awesome and if if you'll allow me i'd love to make a uh, a coupon code called adam any user can be, uh use it and their first delivery will be free it'll be on us um use code adam at the checkout and uh and we want to make sure that everybody is well you know, has the choice of what they want it eat, is you know, uh, you you know it's garbage. it's it's an interesting phenomenon so uh stadiums Baseball stadiums, football stadiums. They used to have just crappy stadium right. food. Peanuts. You got what they had. Now you can get your Jody Maroney mm-hmm. sausages and all your favorite sure. burgers and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's kind of interesting that airports, you didn't used to get your pick of the litter. Mm-hmm. Now there's all these brands and all this good eats inside. As the cuisine in the airport is getting better, 
the cuisine on the plane is turned to shit. Right. So exactly. when in the 70s, first class had a cart with lobster and filet mignon and everything on it. And in uh, silverware and everything else. And so that was like the experience. This member... Ten minutes ago, when you were figuring out what you wanted to eat, like you went to chicken, yeah. you went to fish, you went to uh, steak, or whatever. Bygone days, right? And the airport didn't have much to eat. Now the airport's got the good stuff, and ironically, yeah, people are walking past it to get onto an airplane with no food. Yes. I love this idea, Nick. I mean, we're joking around a lot, but this is a great. First of all, it's not like the food truck where you're taking away business from the the you know the people who've paid a ton of money to to put their business in. Like Garagos has like a uh, airport yeah, restaurant, right? right? Like mm-hmm. he would love this because people are like, oh, now I don't have to wait in line and have to sit down. I can just order it and get on the plane. Like this feels like a win win. Yeah, I completely. Yeah, for, uh, for sure, it's incremental sales for them. Yeah, yeah, no, I do, and also. I can't tell you the number of times I've passed the line yes. for the McDonald's or the Chick-fil-A going, I could go for something, but yeah, uh, the lines, I don't want to stand in line. i got to get to the gate. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. For that yeah. point, too, uh, Adam, mm. um, you can actually uh, order for pickup, too. So if you see a huge line, you could order and, and then just go pick it up yourself. And pretty soon, we're going to have a feature where you can pre-order. So if you know you're going to be departing on a particular flight, you put your flight number in, you're Mm -hmm. leaving at a, um, you know, you're leaving at an MST and you know, you're going to be at D4. We can, or you can order the night before and have a coffee and a bagel sandwich waiting for you as you get on the plane. You don't even have to think about it. Mm. It's a smart solution to a common problem. Now, do most people bring it onto the plane? I imagine. Probably. There's a combination. They'll either eat, you know, at the gate, you know, if it's a family and maybe they mm-hmm. found an, an outlet, the nickname for them is gate huggers. They go there way too early and yeah. then they sit there and they look around and there's nothing to eat. So they'll possibly eat before they board. But um, a lot of people do eat on the plane. And then um, another interesting thing is we, we work with the airlines. We uh, feed a lot of pilots. A pilot will use um, or a co-pilot or, or somebody in the, uh, the in-flight team will make an order while they're using the in-flight Wi-Fi. And because mm-hmm. of our badging, we can walk down the ramp and give them their food during their turn, and they can eat whatever they want instead of um, running around the airport and uh, trying to find something in, in the time they're uh, on the ground. You're a smart man. I don't like, and I don't like to see the pilots like at the Wendy's car yeah. loading. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like that guy's going to get. It. Yeah, that's like seeing your teacher outside of school. He's going to need like to it. take a nap in about yeah. 90 minutes yeah. when we get over Florida. No I don't good. like it. Well, thanks. Like that man show bit where you guys were all. Wasted in the airport, just yeah. bit, <laughs> bit. That's right. Thanks, Vance. Bit, right. I I appreciate it. And um, oh, I said, Nick, I'm sorry, Vance. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, it could happen. Um, yeah, we're just. It's so crazy. I don't utilize anything. All I use is ways, basically, but. There's a fucking app for everything now. Don't you love a good solution to like a, I do. A, a, a pervasive problem? And I like it when it's not. You know, stealing from Peter to uh, yeah, pay, Paul. pay Paul. Like I like you're not hurting the McDonald's right. or the Wendy's. Like you know, when back to Garagos, when Garagos has his restaurant in downtown, and the food truck pulls, pulls up, up in, in front, front of his restaurant, I get it. He's paying taxes yeah. and, and staff and yeah. everything else, and I don't like that. But this is win win. All right, let's talk to uh, Isaiah, who's 22 from Kentucky. Isaiah. Yes, how are you doing, Adam? Hi, guy. Awesome. Hey, I follow you on Twitter. I love your uh, witty tweets. So my question is, 
um, why are black people assumed to be so dumb in just about every aspect of life? Oh, you read that tweet. (laughs) Um, No, I am African-American myself, and uh, we can just point to the latest thing that blew up in the media with the voter IDs. Um, and assuming that black people do not have do not have IDs, um, so why are we assumed to be so dumb by the left? Like I, I'm very conservative. I'm not. You know. I don't. I don't. I I don't think they assume you're dumb or smart. I I just think you're a group, a block. They want votes, and so they'll figure out ways to get those. Well, it's, it's no, it's no, really, it's not the right and the left, does it? I mean, it's not so much different than, I used to say, I used to watch all those commercials for the props when I was a kid, you know, and it'd be like Prop 82, they want to add 10 cents to a price of a pack of cigarettes, you know, and then the commercial would be some guy he was a gangbanger, but he, it was, he'd be a white guy. But they tell him not to shave right. for three days. Scruff. And he'd go, uh, hey, if Prop 82 passes, I got a great business. I'm going to Nevada. I'm going to buy cigarettes wholesale in Nevada, and then I'll bring them here, and then I'll sell them here. And then he'd go, and you know what I do with the profits? And he lifts his windbreaker up. He's got a gun oh. shoved in his shorts. And he's like, and I buy a lot of guns with That's that right. money. New pants. And now, so, <laughs> so what it's... It's meant to agitate right. and then have us get fearful and go, fuck, they're trying to fucking put armed gangbangers, fuck Prop 82. Right. And the left does that with blacks. They're like, you, you're, on, you're, you're being hunted, uh, you're not getting a fair shake, uh, you're, being, you're being oppressed, and we need to come in and, and fix Save this. The but they don't really care. Nobody really cares one side or the other. They just agitate and then come in. Right. And it's like you've said before, if if... African-Americans not having an ID is the issue, then my God, let's get them IDs. You know, it's not you're not saying that's not true. It's saying if it is true, that's a solvable problem. Super solvable. Sure. They they just did it with the like the vaccine mobiles and right, stuff like right. we're going to go into these underserved neighborhoods and we're going to get these people taken care of. And if that is the fact, then good. And it's a good modality for that. But yes, Isaiah. Yes. And to build on your point about um how about we solve the problem if the problem is IDs, how about we get them to them instead of just complaining? That's how I think, like, retroactively. Okay, so what what are we wanting to do? We're wanting to lock down voting. Not lock it down, but make sure the correct people vote. All right, so what's the problem? People don't have IDs. All right, so we fix the problem of people not having IDs by going and giving them to them. So instead of, like, the, the woke NBA, they're awful, Jesus, with their politics. Um, just complaining and just, like, like shaming everybody like just that's white how about you go into these communities that you're saying is so oppressed and like literally just give them ids um well you're also you're also saying yeah but when your job is to walk around the park and pick up trash (laughs) with a nail at the end of a stick and that's your livelihood once all the trash gets picked up eh, you may be out of a job so i think it's uh Mm. this is a perpetual job it's unfixable it's systemic it's always there and we need to keep electing the right people to fix it right except for it never gets fixed but we don't really do that math but isaiah how is it uh being a young 22 year old black guy with these types of crazy notions running through your head (laughs) Can you get laid? 
so it, it's rather like interesting. So I'm from a small town, so I'm not, I didn't grow up around a bunch of liberalism. Um, so I like, I love country music and I just love God, love people. That's my motto. So there's been times I'd play country music around white people and they just like give me a odd look or they think I hold like certain political beliefs or afraid to step on my toes. I'm like, no, bro, I don't think that way. Not all black people think that way. Like what you see Mayor Lightfoot Foot did a couple of days ago about only allowing um, interviews to people of color. Like that's discrimination. That's the same as racism. So yeah. it's I rather don't... interesting. I get a lot of like, um, a lot of like interesting looks and just, um, wow, you're different than what I thought you were because you... it's so like, it's so widely assumed that I, like, I think a certain way because it's blown up in the media when like a lot of people in my family don't think that way. Are you in college? I just graduated college last week. Well, with, oh, with his, and Mazel Tov, as your people say, um, as, as we talk about a lot, you know, and like we talk about no safe spaces and how, uh, you know, professors really lean a certain way. Did you find that to be your college experience and was it odd or no? Okay. So I just graduated from, um, University of Kentucky and we started getting emails about safe spaces, uh, for black people. And I was like, yo, who, who wants that? Um, so, yes, UK was starting to turn woke and like all of that. And they were um, going towards safe spaces, but I could not be more against it. Um, because here's my opinion if you want unity, you'll never get there by um, driving for a division. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, way I look, when uh, Lori Lightfoot starts talking about just being interviewed by African American mm-hmm. reporters or whatever it is, it's like. There is no end to that. That that it it doesn't have a good outcome. You you cannot. I I don't think you can fix things by more separation. Mm-hmm. It it flies in the face of what you're trying to do. Right. You're trying to get everyone into a melting pot, and we're doing the opposite of the melting pot. But with the with the we're going all stated cart. outcome of wanting the melting pot, right. which is a weird. So we're taking all the ingredients yeah. that go in the melting pot and we're separating them we're going, but we want to live in the mm-hmm. same melting pots. Like, well, how are we going to achieve that? Yeah. I would also, you know, and then there's things like like Lori Lightfoot, the I guess the mayor of Chicago, Chicago. It's like I'm not seeing enough black faces. OK, well, then that's something to work on. Mm-hmm. It, it, and also. They've done study after study after study. The same with women, too. Certain groups gravitate towards certain jobs. That's just that's how we roll. That's that's how society works, especially like we're always trying to get more women into engineering and more men into nursing or whatever. It's like they don't that, that's not their inclination. You're yeah. not going to you're not going to be able you're not going to get that. I would say let's get people gainfully employed, not the exact same number of yeah. everybody everywhere but uh thanks isaiah you're uh you may be more than one of the good ones you may be two wow can i say Mm -hmm. one last thing here Mm -hmm. all right so real quickly i understand you got to go um but i am also like with what you said about um employment got an airport app (laughs) no (laughs) that was a genius idea i heard that i know but um i'm a big believer in just hire the best person for a job um, and we have all heard this analogy, but it's like, like I've had, five, I've had four ACL surgeries. So it's like my doctor opens me up for an ACL surgery and he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but they hired me because I'm black. Like, I don't want that to happen. Just hire the best person for every job. And I don't understand why we have to include race and things of that nature. 
Um, so like you, like I said, though, it's the boiling pot and they're trying to separate it. But that is, that is my opinion. And also, Adam, lastly, I'll leave you with this. It's, it's awesome to see like a, someone in Hollywood stand up for their like, um, political beliefs and their values and not be afraid like for the backlash like you do. Well, so, thanks. I, I don't, uh, I, look, if you're a comedian, you have no choice. You have to say what you're thinking. That's, those are the rules for comedy. Otherwise, you shouldn't be doing comedy. I, I, I get myself into trouble a lot because I have trouble going along with things. Oh. I've, I've told you, um, <laughs> I told you I've about ruined a brunch in Maui because I was at a table with 10 <laughs> people and I was t- trying to explain to everyone about leaf blowers and how there's an ordinance yeah. against leaf blowers and how come it's not enforced because they're poor Mexicans with the leaf blowers and the entire table turned on me. So now I have a choice. I can either join the March of the Tards with the other nine people at the table or turn on me right. or I can go, fuck it, I know what I know. Was this before or after the dinner you ruined because of tipping? Uh, that was earlier in the day. Okay. <laughs> that I ruined the dinner with tipping later they on that night. They were already against you. Yeah, there are. There, I was a marked man. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Someone has a common sense call. And then uh, we have another call about Drew. Nick, 35, Florida. Hello. Hi, guy. Oh, amazing. Adam, long time listener. Yeah. What's going on? Ah, so, you know how you talk about, uh, how, well, people need exercise because we live modern sedentary lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need sunlight, we need human contact, we need all these things. What about building things? Yeah, building. I was all for it. No, yeah. I'm totally against it. <laughs> no, I. Like, we, we haven't been able to survive ancestrally for thousands of years. Humans. No individual human was able to survive without being able to build something. doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, doesn't matter. You, you had to build things, and we don't build things, and I think that has to do something with our brains being broken, just like not moving has to do with our bodies not working right. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that's a kind of a bigger picture problem, which is the process of building something um, – Oftentimes is a collaboration. You have to work with more than one sure. person when you're when you're doing something. And so um, eh, twice a week I go to the other shop and uh, I talk to Sean and I go, uh, what are we working on? And he goes, I'm pulling the motor out of the 610 and I'm putting it into the 510 or whatever. And then I go. Sounds great. Be back in a week. <laughs> that's right. I go. Um, why are you pulling the motor out? Why don't we just swap the transmission or whatever? And he'll go, well, because it doesn't match the bell housing or something. And then I'll go, well, what would it be easier to get an engine that matched a bell housing or whatever? And he goes, no, because – and we have this whole discussion. Sure. Now, whoever's idea is better wins every single time. I mean, when, you, when you're building something, that's all it is. It's a never-ending discussion of people coming by and they go um, – don't you want to put the J-bolts in the footing when the slab's wet? And then you go, why don't we use Titan bolts and we can just drill it with a roto hammer after the slab's dry? And then they go, 
well, as long as we're pouring, why don't we just put the J-bolts in when it's wet? It's easier. And then I'd go, yeah, but then we have to line up the bottom plate to all the J-bolts. And sometimes it takes a long time to drill them and line them up. And then they go, and you do this whole dance. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you go, whose idea is better? And that's the idea you go with because you everyone wants to arrive at the same place right. a little faster and a little cheaper and with a little more less, a little more efficiently. Sure. So you have those discussions constantly in a, in a mechanical world. And you could never just storm in and go, oh, well, doing it my way because I got a feeling about it right. or I know in my heart or as a father and a Datsun owner, <laughs> I know what it's like to love and lost. You know, it's, it's, it's none of that shit. It's all just this really distilled kind of laser beam. What are we going to do? Um, both people need some sense, a little bit of expertise because I have to know what he's talking right. about and he has to know what I'm talking about. And then there's just that there's that that discussions like how what's the lead time for the powder coater? Three weeks. Let's get all the suspension parts out to the powder coater. Well, we want to make sure we have all the right parts before we send them out. Well, do we have them? Well, we have to mock it up. I got to put them on the car and make sure everything fits right. And then then I can go, I don't want to pay to put all the shit on the car and then pay to have it all taken off the car. Why don't we send it out to the powder coater now? And then Sean will go, because we could be powder coating the wrong stuff. Or we could, and I'll go, okay. And then we leave. So, so basically, you go in, bust Sean's balls. He yeah. explains why it won't work, and then you leave. He tells me. Explain me everything in great detail. He, he knows more than I do. Right. And he's connected Clearly to he's it. Clearly answering all your questions. More closely than I am. But on occasion, we'll do things my way. My point is, is it's this back and this forth that you never stop doing when you're working on a, on a project. Sure. Now, everyone just sort of goes off, reads their own news, gets a head full of something, knows in their heart what's happening, and that's it. But that's interesting. I was just thinking how that really makes black and white sense in the mechanical world. I hear, I, I've heard all of Christie's meetings for a year and a half. She's working from home. And in, in like a creative or advertising space, for example, or some corporate thing, a lot of people have, this is a good idea, that's a good idea. A good skill for a kid to acquire, I, I hope Tess is blessed with this, is the ability to recognize a good idea, even if it's not your own. You know what I mean? Because person A might have a good idea, person B might have a slightly better idea. You don't want to be you know, married to yours because of Right. Is that right. I, ironically? I'm not sure who to credit. I thought it was Ronald Reagan. I could be wrong. Who said um, you have no idea how much you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit? Yeah, well, that's good. a good saying. Yeah, it is. Then you get into the world of comedy and joke writing and stuff, and now it's invisible. Yeah. And it's much less tangible and it's hard. And you do find people fighting for their right. sort of less. But you always know the people you want to work with because as soon as you beat their joke, they go, oh, that's, that's funny. funny. Let's yeah. let's go with that one. Uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, yes, people getting out, doing tactile things and putting wood together and solving problems that way is not only a good thing for your own head, but it does help the process. And if you think about the people that are furthest away from that world, 
they're all the uh, dingbats who've never done a day of real work <laughs> sure. in their life. Right. And they have theories and they know and they have feelings and it's in their heart. Yes. And it's so funny because we talk about like woodworking and stuff. What's closer to meditation and dare I say cooking when you're not just sitting on your phone reaching out to the world calling people idiots. Oh, you're dumb. This is interesting. This isn't. You're you're only focused on the thing that you can physically touch in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's very meditative. Yeah, we got a, our guests are on. They're up. I just want to blow through these last two real fast. Sean, thirty-one, New York, wants to uh, know how uh, we stay positive or how one stays positive with all the uh, nuttiness in the world. Hey, uh, am I on? Yeah. Yeah. Buddy. Is that your question? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh... I'll t- it's, uh, it, it's rough with everything, you know. I'll it's- tell you. I'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> Study everything and treat it like you're um, treat it like you're some explorer and you're f- you found a new colony. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all they're doing is smearing their own shit on each other. But you you don't have to get disgusted by it. You can go, oh, this is interesting. And you make a to- few notes. And you don't have to get in on it. You don't have to get in on it. And you don't have to be repulsed by it. You can simply study it. Mm-hmm. So we're in the middle of the, you know, or the pandemic or all that's going on in Israel and all this crazy world we're living in. Just study it. Huh. It's, it's, it's a more, if you, if you join in the tribe, then you're going to get the feces smeared on you. Mm-hmm. All right, it's Greg. Not, it's not a metaphor. No. <laughs> Not my tribe. Greg, 43, Iowa. My thoughts on people trying to cancel Dr. Drew? Yes. I don't know if you've seen the article of him checking the breast of a 16-year-old on his Life Changer show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. no. I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw that making rounds. It's Courtney uh, Stoddard back in the day to see if she had uh, breast implants. He did like an MRI or something. Of a so? Mm. Is he a doctor, isn't he? Well, it's a, it's a little sensational, but, you know. Was she in a- well, I know there's been, men- there's been mention of, you know, like the L.A. Times going out after Drew proactively. And I found what Adam would call a tell in the article. She said this would not happen in today's time. Not the Me Too time, not Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, in the time of Matt Gates. I guarantee this girl does not know who Matt Gates is. Mm. Oh, She's been she, put up to this. She said that. Oh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Drew's old and he's white and he's got a doctor. <laughs> he's got a degree and everyone's got to go. This is me defending Doctor Drew. I hope it comes across that way. At one point, I was at dinner with him and his beautiful wife Susan at some in the middle of some restaurant. You know, kind of upscale, busy place. And I, because I'm a Jew, had questions about my thyroid. And uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't like, you know, explain everything I was trying. So he gets up out of his seat, comes around and like puts his hands on my thyroid to try and figure it out. And Susan was like, that's not your thyroid. (laughs) Susan's like, will you please, will you two please go take this somewhere else? But like he was, he just wants to help. And we're sitting right there. That's the other thing about doctors. They're not like we are, which is if you told them you were having some trouble with your scrotum, they'd be like, drop your pants. Let me see your nutsack. Like. But they don't look at it right. like we look at it. I was they look grateful. at it. They're used to it. It doesn't mean anything to them. It, to have an actual doctor sitting right there who could put my mind at ease and tell me what was going on, I thought that was amazing. Who just wants to help any young woman with breast <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't even. Did you guys Cyrus see? Did you part. guys see that story? I, saw I didn't see it. I saw it popping around Twitter. Oh really? Did not see it. Oh, it was a couple weeks ago. Huh. When I talked to him, I didn't say anything. All right. Well, he's got to go. Uh, John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas are going to join us in a second. First, I'll tell you about Alcam, the always-on personal vehicle security system providing constant confidence on and off the road, real-time connectivity and leading technology. Even when your car is off and parked, you have constant visibility wherever you are. It's a sad state of affairs, but we're living in a time, man, where you need Alcam. Night infrared sensors, 4G LTE connectivity, uh, real-time live view, A1 surveillance and alerts, and real-time two-way talk as well. Alcam puts privacy first. Your video can only be seen by you with secure video storage in the cloud. From sharing HD video proof with friends or your auto insurance carrier, Alcam makes it easier to tell your side of the story always yeah so adam i i installed this in my car and uh now when i drive like i've gotten in an accident where the guy changed his story but it's nice to have that camera so it's indisputable what happened cannot argue with the alcam right dawson using the code corolla 20 gives adam corolla listeners 20 dollars off any alcam 5.0 one two or three camera pack shop at alcam.com slash corolla and use discount code corolla 20 for 20 dollars off all right quick break back with uh, john hyatt and jerry douglas right after this